you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good morning, football. Presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Live in New York City. It's Friday, January 19th. Friday, January 19th, the day before the divisional round. I'm Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Peter Straker, Jason McCourty. Despite four electric games teed up for this weekend, we were talking about a different topic before the show began, Kyle. A first number one overall pick, if you will. I got a million texts yesterday. I'm born and raised in Chicago. As we have all these playoff games this weekend, what does Chicago have to do with it? I got a million texts asking me, Dude, what's the deal with Cliff Kingsbury? Is he going to go to the Bears? And I go, let me ask Peter. Let me ask Peter. I'll get back to you. Copy, paste. Peter. Let me ask Peter. Yeah, around 11 a.m. today, he'll be sitting with the Chicago Bears brass, and they'll be doing it in Los Angeles. They have the number one overall pick, Peter. The Chicago Bears will be meeting with Cliff Kingsbury. I would say it's an interview, but I would also say it's a let's feel each other out on this one because Cliff might have some other things going on also. Yeah, but- some other teams in the NFL have asked him about being an offensive coordinator as well that have not been reported as much as the Chicago one. But, yes, Kingsbury spent last year coaching Caleb Williams. Interesting. So that would be a major sign if he was to join the Chicago Bears that, A, they're hiring him for his coaching, but also for the comfort that he has mm. with Caleb because Caleb and Cliff are like this right now. They are very tight. I like the cool. Cliff Kingsbury treatment of come to L.A. and meet with yeah. me. He's not uh, going to the frosty shores right now in January. All right? We're going to track that. Peter, yeah, thank we you certainly so much. Are. Time for the lead block. Lead block! He's a fantastic player. His track record and his resume speaks for himself at, at such a young age and one of the greatest quarterbacks to already play this game. And he's still growing and still getting better. They play extremely hard. It, it just jumps out on film that obviously the way that Dan Campbell runs that team uh, of everybody swarming to the ball, playing for each other, playing extremely hard with, with a lot of effort at all times. So they're a tough opponent and they, they make it hard on you. And even though I know it's going to be hostile and it's gonna, there, there are going to be people talking trash and everything like that, I'm excited for it because, I mean, it's one of the best environments in football and you want to do that when you grow up watching these games is playing the best environments and see what it's like. How much more confident do you feel that this year's offense has the ability to put up the points you need to win in the playoffs? Very confident. Very, very confident. Extremely confident. Extremely. Yeah. The road to Super Bowl 58 continues this weekend. Divisional playoffs presented by Intuit TurboTax. Texans Ravens Saturday afternoon starts your show. Packers Niners Saturday night uh, from the Bay Area Sunday. Buccaneers at Lions at three. Detroit, congratulations. Back-to-back playoff games you get to host. And then Kansas City on the road. On the road again. No, for the first time in Buffalo at 6.30. Visit NFL.com slash schedule for ways to watch. So, you know it. It's four games. It's one of the best football weekends of the year. What will you guys be watching for in Divisional Weekend, Peter? I'm here for Alan Mahomes Part 7. Seven. about it! <laughs> they face six times. Of course, three of those times have been in the regular season, three of those times have been in the playoffs, and or two of those times playoffs, I have four and two. And Mahomes has won the two playoff games. Mm-hmm. He beat them in, a, in an epic 
divisional round game a couple years ago and beat him in an NFC Championship game the year before that. Uh, Josh Allen's been amazing against the Chiefs his entire career statistically, but he hasn't gotten that playoff win. Finally, finally, it's Josh Allen on his turf. And when I say turf, I might as well be talking about a concrete slab. Mm -hmm. That is where they'll be playing on Sunday night. It is the same weather situation as it was last week. It's cold, it's hard on that surface, and it is where the Bills live and breathe. Mm -hmm. Now in comes Mahomes, first time ever with this Chiefs group going for a road playoff game, especially in cold weather, as the only time they even had to board a bus or a plane was to go to Tampa for a Super Bowl a couple yeah. years back. I look at this and I think of legacies, I think of history, mm. and I think of what each quarterback can say as far as when we talk about them at their potential Hall of Fame speeches years from now. Is Mahomes going to be the guy that just owned his arch nemesis? Is he going to be the guy that just always got the best mm -hmm. of his rival? Or is this going to be one like you referenced yesterday where Peyton Manning finally got his years after that rivalry began and then he was the one to kind of put the finishing touch over the last the set, last several seasons of their careers. I'm rooting for both quarterbacks. I want to see both quarterbacks have great games. I'm rooting for both coaches I believe who, are, you, Peter. who are friends of the show. I'm torn <laughs> on even making a pick in this game because as much as I trust Mahomes and love what the Chiefs are all yeah. about, I think that, that Buffalo deserves a year of destiny as well. Feel like it's time? Mm. Hey. Buffalo might have a window as well. This is what it's about. This is why we watch all the games during the regular season, so that in the playoffs, in cold weather, yeah. on a field that is not comfortable for the reigning champions, we get Allen versus Mahomes. I'm here for it. I hope that sets the table for everybody. The game is just 48 hours Good away. Job, Let's go. Good job, oh, Peter. I think everybody's waiting for that one Sunday night. Come on you can't now. Wait for it. When you say part seven, that lets you know that has been amazing. I'm looking at Brock Purdy in the 49ers. The last time we saw Brock Purdy playing a playoff game, we know the injury happened. And every 49ers, players, coach, fan, mascot, anybody that is, belongs to Niner gang, they felt like last year was their year. And the way Brock Purdy came in and took over. So, all right, last week they had a bye week, they didn't play. Somehow or another, Brock Purdy's name has been brought up everywhere, I felt like, this week. There's people saying that. The Packers should take shots at Brock Purdy after the whistle oh, yeah. and maybe knock him out and oh. he's not playing at his very best. Amy Trash, somebody I have a ton of respect for, was talking about the quarterback that are left and said there are eight of them, seven terrific quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy. Oh, like, Amy. Yes, yes. <laughs> we also, and she said she didn't mean it as disrespect. Oh, no, not disrespect. Really good quarterback, not just not as good as the other seven. And you also look at, we heard from Devontae Wyatt, the Packers defensive line, he said, hey, you get pressure on Brock Purdy, you start hitting him, that's when we can guarantee that we're going to get turnovers. Brock Purdy has been fantastic this season as the quarterback of the 49ers. You can talk about the weapons, you can talk about Kyle Shanahan, all of that, all those different variables. When Brock Purdy has been out there, he's had the ball in his hand, he has made plays, and he has led this 49ers team. I want to see him take the field and get his opportunity to show in the playoffs, I can lead this team, and we can be victorious in this round against the Packers, and get better Back to an NFC Championship game and have his chance at redemption. I'm so excited to see Brock Purdy in this atmosphere because we didn't get a chance to see the 49ers last week or the week before. Mm. So they've been resting up. They've been getting ready. Kyle Shanahan was talking about this week of Brian Greasy, the quarterback coach. Brock Purdy, mm -hmm. two fiery guys. They're animated on the sideline. And he talked about how competitive of a guy Brock Purdy is. We don't get to see that side. It's always the humble and moving silence type of person. I'm excited as hell to see Brock Purdy yeah. this weekend. Here's the fact. And we talked about this a little yesterday. Let's expand upon it. It is a fact that one of the following quarterbacks will be starting the Super Bowl. Jared Goff, which means the Lions are in the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft. Yep. Jordan Love in his first year as a starter. Or 
Baker Mayfield on his fourth team in like his ninth life. One of those will start the Super Bowl. That is awesome. However, I'm looking to the AFC because I used to watch all, I don't really keep up anymore, like a lot of people with the Marvel stuff. I used to always watch at the end of the Avengers movies, there'd be that cutscene after 37 minutes of credits, there'd be a 12 second thing that everyone pretends they know what it is. And I remember at one of them, there's, there's Thanos is up there and he wasn't in the movie, but he was watching these petty little villains get kicked around by the Avengers and Thanos is like, fine, I'll do it myself. And he like puts on his helmet and his weapons. That's how I look at the Niners and the Ravens this weekend, sitting there watching this petty little wild card around, this play-in tournament for the real thing. They're the one season. And specifically, I'm just watching Baltimore, and I'm watching Baltimore early. I feel like we haven't seen Lamar in six months. I feel like we haven't seen Zay Flowers. It wasn't just the bye. It was the week 18, and they're sitting and resting, and that's great. I've spent a lot of oxygen this this week talking about how in four Baltimore playoff games with Lamar, they have scored zero points in the first quarter. That's really strange. It's a very strange stat. Even the one that they won, they were down 10-0 after the first quarter. Now, a lot of Ravens fans, to their credit, have been like, you're right. You're right. It is concerning. However, that's a different offense. That's a different coordinator. That's a different era. That was a totally Stone Age thing compared to what we're doing now. We are a different team. Great. I love it. I'm into it. But the one thing you do not want to give an upstart team like the Texans with a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach is hope. Mm. That sweet, sweet hope that you look up at the scoreboard 15 minutes in and you're saying, not only can we play with these guys, I think we won the first couple of rounds. I want Baltimore to get out early and to vanquish all hope from these sweet little Houston Texans. I want that place to be rocking at M&T and the brick wall and the state logo and Lamar and Ricard and everybody early, early. Do not wait. Do not let a glimmer of hope stomp on it and twist your foot. Baltimore early. If they come out rusty, shaky, we may have something crazy happening in Baltimore. Mm. Early, Baltimore, right? like early. The last thing... CJ don't Stroud, do it. Confidence yeah. is a reason to believe. Yeah, right? totally. like don't give them even an inch. I'm we go into the halftime, and you know we're down nine to seven yep. to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I think we can do this. Yeah. No, be down sixteen to three. Baltimore, you're powerful. Unleash your power. That Let's gives go. rookie coach, rookie quarterback, perfect fodder. Just I yeah, think, hell yeah. I think we can do it. It's not so bad. CJ Stroud is walking around right now playing with house money. He's just like, oh, I have already proved everyone else wrong. I've already gotten my team to a point we are setting records, resetting history books becoming the youngest starting quarterback to ever win a playoff game last weekend. C.J. Stroud has had an unbelievable season, and then it continued. He's got the dot, dot, dot going. If he wins this weekend, and he very well could, because this team, they don't know. We talk about the Packers being young. I I put the Texans a little bit in that capacity as well, not because of the youth, but because of no one thinks that we should even still be here. They forgot about us in mid-December, as they normally did with the Texans recently. C.J. Stroud looks great. D'Amico Ryans is humming on all cylinders. He looks like himself. His personality is shining through. Love it for the Texans right now. This could be my upset special on Baltimore. We'll see. We'll all right. And CJ Stroud. What do we think the most competitive game, though, will be this weekend, Jason? I think, I, I think obviously, Buffalo and Kansas City is going to be one that we're saying. Sneaky competitive. Go on. I'm going to say Tampa Bay and Detroit. I okay. think that's a game. We've talked about the quarterbacks with Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff, the former number one overall picks. But I just feel like Tampa Bay, the way they're playing right now, defensively, you watch them against that Eagles team who was obviously struggling, but bringing that level of pressure. These teams matched up earlier in the season as well, and the Lions had their number. But I feel like you have two teams that feel really good about themselves, and especially that defense in Tampa Bay, and Jared Goff getting the ball to all of his weapons, spreading it out. We're watching from Amon Ra to Jameer Gibbs, and Montgomery, so many different guys. But I think this is a game where Detroit is like that great feel-good story, and they just seem like they're rolling. But I'm excited to see Tampa come to town and see what they can bring. I, I think there's a potential 
for blowouts in all of these games. The one game that I look at and I'm like, what I want to be competitive and what I want to see go to overtime and potentially come down to the final play is Kansas City Buffalo. Because overtime. they've oh. had such history. Such history, whether you're talking about the 2021 divisional round, which is a 13 seconds game, of course. But also the fact that Buffalo's had a lot of success against Kansas City in the regular season. It's not like we can't beat these guys. No, they've gone into the locker room several different times after a game against the Chiefs and been like, yeah, we took care of business. Like, we just have to do that in January. Well, January's here. I would love this if it's Nance and Romo on the call mm-hmm. and we're going to overtime. And I don't know how it ends up, but it's coming down to the 9.30 hour, the 10 o'clock hour, the 10.15 hour. And we're all up at 10.30 on Sunday night just buzzing because of an overtime game between Chiefs and Bills. I want it to be competitive. That's my answer for this one. It took until 12 minutes into the show for Peter to tell us who's on the call. Oh, I'll get there. This time of year, that, that blows your hair back. I really, I love hey, it. We're down to only the eight crews at this mm-hmm. point. Only the eight teams. Only the eight teams. Only the eight crew. Final eight teams, final four crews. Bring your best. Can you imagine if that game goes to overtime? And what if the Chiefs end up benefiting from the rule change that, oh. that was brought about? Mm. Like that's that would Don't be so it. poetic. Bills come down, field goal right away. Right away. I look at the same game. I, I can make blowout cases for all of these. I can't make mm. a case for the Chiefs or the Bills blowing the other team out. I'm fascinated to watch the first Chiefs offensive drive, the first one. If uh, a boxer is in the ring with somebody and they have a cut over their eye, you hit the cut. That's part of the sport. I want to see what the what the Bills are bringing defensively. Like Pacheco, 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 Edwards Alaire, Edwards Alaire, run, run, run. We know they lost Terrell Bernard. They lost Milano months ago. Mm-hmm. There's a I think there's a palpable concern amongst the Bills Mafia. Like how many warm, healthy, able bodies can we put in front of Mahomes <laughs> in that running game? And not even so much Mahomes. We've seen something in the past month that really when they go through Pacheco is this is the best version of the 2023 Chiefs. The first drive, if, if Pacheco's ripping off runs and they're in rhythm and being here, being here, it could be a long day. I want to see what the Bills defense brings early. A lot of tone-setting stuff in the cold. Mm, that's why we play the game, though. We can't wait to watch them all unfold. That is divisional weekend. We are heading into it. Ian Rappaport, things that we might Gee. need to keep an eye on ahead of these four fantastic matchups we have this weekend. Couple big injuries, and actually, usually injuries are bad news. This is actually good news. Remember a couple months ago, we talked about the horrific injury that Mark Andrews, the Ravens Pro Bowl tight end, suffered cracked fibula, ligament damage, needed surgery, all of that, potentially done for the season. We thought it just really depended on how far the Ravens go. The Ravens have gone. They are playing Mark Andrews back at practice. He has been a full participant the last two days. He's still officially listed as questionable. And if he was going to play in this playoff game for the Baltimore Ravens, he would need to be activated. That has not yet happened. We will see if that happens today. If so, Mark Andrews will be on the field completing an unbelievable comeback and one that I think not only warms our hearts, but gives the Ravens a dual threat now at tight end with the emergence of Isaiah Likely. Different story for the Buffalo Bills and Gabe Davis. Few receivers, few players really have been better Uh, In the playoffs, then Gabe Davis, I believe, at the playoff record for, I think, 65 touchdowns in one game. That might be a paraphrase, but something like that. Anyway, he has not participated in practice yet this week. Again, dealing with a PCL sprain. If he does not participate today, you would think he does not have a chance to play. He's not been ruled out yet, but at least not trending the right direction. Meanwhile, we also have some coaching news. Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time has a second interview scheduled with the Atlanta Falcons. He met once over the course of the past week with owner Arthur Blank. That was a one-on-one meeting. This time, he has general manager Terry Fontenot there. Rich McKay, the CEO, is there. Other members of the executive search committee. I think it's fair to say there is some interest here from both sides. They've been filling each other out, doing background, doing research, all of that. 
face-to-face once again this coming weekend as things ramp up for the former Patriots coach. That's very interesting, Ian. Thank you so much. We just tapped into competitive games this weekend. We're going to make our predictions later on on Good Morning Football. Ian, talk to you a little bit. Let us know if anything breaks, okay? Thursday, February 8th, though, that's one to look forward to. Stars are out in Las Vegas to kick off Super Bowl 58 weekend. Celebrate the 2023 NFL season with host Keegan-Michael Key. You can watch on, here we go, CBS, NFL Network. You can stream it on Paramount Plus or NFL Plus and visit NFL.com slash honors for more. Still to come on our show, Ford Field. Oh, man, Ford Field. Are you ready? Whole battle down the hatches Sunday afternoon. Baker and the boys are coming to town. Bucks defensive lineman Clutch Cansey joining the show to preview the game. That's all we're doing for three hours, previewing games, picking games, plus potential coaching moves. Peter already broke some news about Cliff yeah. Kingsbury meeting with the Chicago Bears. What about Sirianni? Any news there? Belichick, Vrabel, at mm. Al. Maybe the best show of the year. Don't go anywhere. Let's go. Reba? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time for Mad Minute. Uh, Bill Belichick has a second interview with the Falcons for their head coaching position availability. He met with Falcons owner Arthur Blank this week. And while no deal is imminent, the conversation is ongoing. Peter, your thoughts on Belichick to the Falcons? A second interview means that we're getting further for both sides. Almost like you have the first date, you guys, <laughs> you, meet, you meet for the first time, or maybe not the first time, but you're really meeting formally. All right, let's try this, but let's try to do it again. And then second date, the third date, and the mm-hmm. final date, you're there. Third date, you hook up. Uh, third, date, third date, you know what happened. Uh, Talk about third what's date. What's up, Bill? I would say this. You know, Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot are there already. I don't think they're going to lose their jobs in the situation. Can Belichick work with other folks in the front office that have some institutional knowledge from the program but also are not from the Belichick tree? I'm fascinated to see the dynamic because McKay is a lifer in the NFL. Fontenot is a mm-hmm. hot GM hire from the Saints. How does Belichick fit in with those guys? I'm excited for Kyle's dating game of what it was like back in the day. For Hell yeah. Third Hell day. Uh, yeah. For Belichick, you look at this, and we talked about and everybody flirted with for the last few days the possibility of the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, these teams that were ready to win right now. This would be very fascinating. You have a Falcons team that has weapons on offense, no quarterback there. Who would the offensive coordinator be? Would it be Josh McDaniels? There's so many question marks that would still surround the situation with Bill being there. You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Mm. I, the NFC South is soft. Blah, 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 blah. Who is the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Are you doing the thing where we're going to go shopping for Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields? Mm-hmm. Or are we taking this green rookie out of college and that's going to be the last chapter of Belichick's career? That's a huge yeah. gambit, if you will. So the mystery about this is great. Falcons, Arthur Blank, blah, blah. Who is your quarterback? You need one. You're going to go 7-10. and 10. Speaking of mystery, some speculate one is happening in Philadelphia. Nick Sirianni is set to meet with Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie. We can imagine perhaps what conversations of that nature would be like behind closed doors. Jason, what do you make of this situation? Man, I just I want like the scene set of how they go walk on. in, like who's in there. Is it just Sirianni? Is it just Lurie? Is it Harry Roseman? I want to know what that exact scene is like when he walks in. And I think the obvious question is, who are the coordinators? Is it keeping Brian Johnson on the offensive side of the ball after that collapse? 
Defensively, obviously, Sean Desai was moved to a different part in the organization in the defense. Matt Patricia took over. I can't imagine they're deciding to run that back. But when Sirianni walks in, like, what is the reasoning of like, all right, hey, Jeffrey, this, this is why we collapsed. Mm. This is what happened. This is where the team was. Fascinated to know what those responses I just be. picture the door closes and it's one of those hold all my calls. And the second yeah. the door closes, he looks and goes, what the bleep yeah. happened? <laughs> Tell me. And I wish I could be there because Sirianni's doing the media thing and me, 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 me. Sirianni's actually going to point fingers yes. and be like, this player sucks, this mm. coach sucks, maybe I suck. I want the answers so badly. We're not going to get them, Peter, but like there has to be some change that comes about this. And I, that meeting has to be candid. It's Jeffrey Lurie, uh -huh. his son Julian, Bright Howie Roseman, and then Bradley Cooper's in that fortune. Oh. He's in the garbage bag. I don't know. I don't know. Running and, around. And Miles Teller is in the other one. Big Dom is looking above. No, in all seriousness, Doug Peterson had a similar meeting. I don't think Doug Peterson was willing to get rid of some of his assistants, oh. and that was a big deal. And Doug Peterson, I'm loyal to my guys, and they yeah. said, well, then, Doug, you can take your guys He's elsewhere. a Super Bowl champ. I don't know what Sirianni does, but I can't imagine he's able to go in there and say, you know, Patricia and Brian Johnson are my guys through. through. Like, I'm, I'm considering he's got to have some other ideas outside the box and maybe mm. not guys that he brought in with him. Speaking of loyalty, Ben Johnson hung around Detroit last season. The Lions offensive coordinator now once again has been requested to be interviewed by six NFL teams. Mm. Panthers, Commanders, Chargers, Seahawks, Falcons, Titans. Really, you should just list the ones that aren't interested at this point. If you're Ben Johnson, which job, Kyle, stands out above the rest? The Lions job. I hate this process so much. <laughs> Yes. This is the biggest week no. of, ben, of Ben Johnson's life. It's the biggest week of Detroit's life. And we're lined up six different interviews, six different... We've seen this before. We've seen it like clockwork, where there's this hot coordinator, and then they come out this week and they score 13 points. Like, what the hell happened? Well, I was getting my... I hate this. I hate this process. I wish it should change. The Lions' job is all I hope he's focused on, because it's a big game this weekend. You I go care. through it. The Carolina Panthers, I think, virtually interviewed not only Bobby Slowick, who's got the biggest game of his life as a Texans coordinator, yep. but also Dave Canales yesterday, who is the Tampa Bay coordinator. Both those guys have the biggest games of their lives. What are they doing? doing? With David Tepper yesterday. It's, it's, a, it's, an un, it's an unperfect science. Now, if I'm Ben Johnson, I look at that commander's job, yes. and I say, okay, fresh new GM and Adam Peters, fresh new owner, a franchise that's desperate, and the number two pick. I like that Washington job a lot. That seems really Hey, good. Ben, the Bucks play some D, buddy. I, I hope you're ready to light it up, man. They're coming. They play some D, Jay. I was talking to one of the guys in the playoffs right now. We were talking about that, and it was just like, I hope that some of these offensive coordinators are so focused on the next job that when they come rolling into town, they're not ready to defend us. To your point, the process, uh, I'm looking at the commander as well. I think everybody's going to say the Chargers because of Justin Herbert, but Terry McLaurin, Jahan yeah, yeah. Dotson, Brian Roth, some of the weapons that are in Washington as well I think would be beautiful. They can handle all the responsibilities. It's fine. <laughs> Joining us now is a rookie who's making a huge impact for his team in the playoffs right now out of the University of Pittsburgh. Please give a warm welcome to Bucks defensive lineman, Kalijah Kansas. Let's go, Kalijah! Big game, big weekend. Come on. Love the juice, man. I love the juice. You come here, you know we're going to be bringing the juice. But I want to talk about this past weekend. It took me 10 years to play in my first playoff game. Kalaja, as a rookie, you got a chance to play in your first one, get the win, but also get your first postseason sack. Cool. Just tell me what that experience was like for you. Man, that experience was crazy. Leading up until this week, everyone was like, hey, man, the intensity is crazy in the, in the playoffs. So we got we to gotta bring it. Um, we got to match energy, and we got to go out there and make plays. And for me, I knew like, all right, I didn't play against these guys the first time. So I definitely, I definitely got to show them who I am. And then we just went out there and matched energy and had fun. All right, let's talk about this Bucks defense. We talk about Baker Mayfield all the time. I think it's time we talk about the defensive tackle duo and what we're looking at here. It's Vita Vea 
and it's Kalija Cansey. Two of you guys working off each other. Vita and you, of course, stopping that brotherly shove in that mm -hmm. big moment. Mm -hmm. Take us through the, the, the learnings and what you do next to Vita Vea, who's not an old school veteran, but has still got some years under his league in this belt. He was a great, a great veteran, a veteran player on our defense. Also, on players like Levante David, uh, Antoine Winfield, and I could just keep naming and keep going on. A lot of those guys kind of give me the ropes, uh, teach me everything. As far as Vita being in the same room as me, he just kind of always give me a heads up on what's coming next, what can I expect from an offensive lineman, um, what to do if they can do this or that. So he just always helping me out, making me sharp in my game. And you sound like a veteran. You just know you rifle off a couple other names defensively, and then you know you're giving the right guys credit. But you're still young. Your head coach, Todd Bowles, referred to the young guys on this team out there as puppies, mm -hmm. which is perfect. You're young, fresh-bodied, full of energy, and similar to a puppy who likes to chew the leg of a couch, you probably want to chew the leg of a quarterback at times. Some might say that youth is a disadvantage in the playoffs, but what do you have to say about that? I definitely agree with that. Uh, thanks to our GM, man, he brought in a lot of great young rookie class, and we've been we, we have been able to just produce and, and help out on this team um, big time, man. So I want to give a, a shout out to our GM, Jason Light. Yeah, man, that's our goal, man. As a as a young guy coming in, we want to make an impact on this team. How can we help? And you have, and here we are going into NFC Divisional Weekend. You ever hang out with Jason Light and talk to him about his musical tastes? He's a big fan of Metallica. He ever share any of that with you? Nah, we, we, haven't, we haven't talked about that yet. It's probably for the best. But he would be happy to educate you. Trust me, he loves sharing that stuff. And we love talking about Baker Mayfield. Enough with the defense all the time. Let's talk about the quarterback. You mentioned when you came on, the juice. You always bring the juice. We always bring the juice. Baker brings the juice. The headbutting, the intensity, the mic'd up stuff. What is it, even being on the other side of the ball from him, what's it like having him as your leader and you go into Sundays? Baker's a dog. Love, love having him as a quarterback, a leader, uh, a brother, a teammate. Um, and when you know you got a guy like that on your offense and then a locker room is you, you want to go out and, and fight for him. Um, he's a guy that just rallies everyone around and makes everyone believe in him. And that's that's what we love about him, man. He, and he got a little swag, too. He know how to have fun while doing it. Before I ask you about being on the road, going to Detroit, do you have any idea who the hell Metallica is? Come on, let's go. Mm. Not exactly. I'm sorry, man. Me neither. Okay. Don't worry about no, it. Yeah, Metallica is like the Jay-Z of metal. Like, it's that big of a deal. Get Tell him what metal is. No. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about a, an, an old music genre that's kind of played out at this point. Sunday, though, you're going to be heading to Detroit on the roll, and we know what that atmosphere is going to be like. Jared Goff said after their game, we'll take on whoever wants to come in here. Tell me, what are you guys' mindset getting on the road and playing in front of all of those Lions fans? Um, for us, we know we're we, we going in. Intensity, uh, hard, like a, a hard intensity environment. And we know that our backs against the wall. And the, the fun part about it is that we played these guys before. So it's nothing, it's nothing new that we're seeing. And, and I just want to say and put this out there that we're not the same team that they played in September. Mm. All right. Okay. 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 This is key. This is the record. So you're now on the record saying you're not the same team <laughs> like that it. was wearing the creamsicles as mm -mm. Jared Goff was going up and down. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> Kalaja, we know family is very important to you. Before the season started, you brought yourself you know, into the NFL, and the first thing you did was you bought your mom a new car and a new house. Was your mom able to be there for you during the wild card game? And where is she going to be on Sunday? 
Yeah, she was able to beat her for the wild card game. Earlier this year, I got her a car in the uh, house. Um, I just wanted to pay her back for everything she's done for me, all the sacrifices she made. And actually, it was just her birthday, um, January 17th. So happy birthday, mom. I know you're watching. It felt great. And she will be, she will be watching, watching from the house this week that I bought her. She will be watching. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. love that. That's a dream come true. Grow up, make it to the league, buy mom the house and car. Kalaj, congratulations on that, but also good luck this weekend and keep it going, man. Look out for those puppies. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Good dude, good player. <laughs> All right, Kalaj, the first thing he's going to do is as he walks away, he's got to look at Metallica real quick. And like, what is metal? Kalaj, that's awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Stay healthy. We wish you luck this weekend. That's a fun defense. Right, What's a, you, you played on a really young defense ever? You too, man. Yeah, um, but any young defense I was on, we we weren't playing in the playoffs. <laughs> That's for darn sure. But I think it's cool. Uh, you had, We were talking to him before we got on about him and Yaya Diaby and sack celebrations. All that. When you come in with a group of rookies, like you guys band together because you're forced to. There's so many meetings outside of that the vets don't have to do that the rookies have to do. You're picking up the weight room, cleaning up that thing, doing so many different items together that you build a bond. And for those two guys to be in the same position group and to be playing in postseason football and both playing really well, it's exciting as hell. I got to set the stage a little bit. Remember, the Buccaneers were red hot to start the season. Baker goes on college game day. Everyone's loving the yeah. They break out the creamsicle jerseys after the bye week, and everyone's excited about the Bucks. <laughs> and the Lions ran right through them yeah, and tore them up. So mm -hmm. I think that game, it sits in the Buccaneers' bellies a little bit. Maybe they got a little above their ski. Here we are. We get a chance to play them again in their building now. Mm -hmm. Tell you what, I hesitated for a long time picking this game. This was my longest hesitation I had of the four games. The other one, ding, 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 ding. Uh, Lions-Bucks, I think, is going to be very, very, very close. The Bucks are no joke. And that's very telling for you because you were the one who has been rah-rah Lions, I mean, for a long time, and you had your interview with Dan Campbell recently, so the you've Bucks been drinking the Kool-Aid. But here we go. The Bucks are good. Coming up, eight quarterbacks left in the postseason. Which one is the odd man out? Mm. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Massive slate of games coming your way for the divisional weekend presented by Intuit TurboTax. Let's keep it on the NFC side of things right now because it's time for GMFB to deliver our picks. Ooh. We're going to start off with the seven-seeded Packers taking on the number one-seeded 49ers. Jason, you've said it time and time again. We haven't seen the 49ers in a minute. They yeah. probably had some issues, injuries, mm -hmm. whatever to work through. So, Jason, knowing that, Knowing what we saw last weekend from Green Bay, where do you go? Yeah, you just said it. You talked a lot about Brock Purdy, the only quarterback left that's not a first-round draft pick. And you looked at the Packers last week, and they looked awesome. And we've talked about it. There's no quarterback that has played better throughout this latter part of the season than Jordan Love. His numbers prove it. When you turn the film on, when you watch the game, you can see it. You can see the juice that surrounds their team. And a lot of it starts with him getting the ball out to his young receivers. Their defense played well. They were up 27-0 in that game. 
But I'm rolling with the 49ers. I think the 49ers are just going to be too much for the Green Bay Packers. They had that time off that you just spoke about. The last time we saw Christian McCaffrey, remember he was stretching out that calf on the sideline. Then you get these multiple weeks to get healthy. I think they're going to come in. They're going to be refreshed. We're going to see the best version of Brock Purdy getting the ball out to all of his weapons. I think as well as this Packers team is playing, the 49ers are just going to be too much for them to handle. And I haven't even spoke about the 49ers defense. Mm. I don't think there is a young offensive unit I like more than this Green Bay Packers mm -hmm. offensive unit. I went through the list earlier this week. Uh, we know about Aaron Jones. We know about A.J. Dillon. You know about familiar names like Jordan Love and some others. But when you start talking about Dontavian Wicks, a fifth-round pick out of Virginia, who was the single-season record holder for receiving yards in a season at Virginia, beating Herman Moore's record, coming in as a first-year player and making plays. You've got my attention. Jaden Reed coming out of Michigan State via Central Michigan before that. And then, of course, or I'm sorry, it might have been Western Michigan. or mm. I don't even know. This is one why I love Jaden Reed's story. And then you go through the list, and it's one by one. Emmanuel Wilson, Tucker Craft, the Luke Musgrave story, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. And all of these guys, and they all have no ego. They don't know any better. Jaden Reed didn't have a catch last week against the Dallas Cowboys. This week against the 49ers, he could be the focus of the game plan. True. I love what they've got. But. <laughs> but. Where are you going, Peter? There's no but. Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> got Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Shanahan's got Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Shanahan's got George Kittle. Kyle Shanahan's got Brendan Ayuk. Kyle Shanahan's got Debo Samuel. Kyle Shanahan's got three weeks to prepare and build an offensive game plan for a wild card matchup that didn't have to happen. It is actually a divisional round matchup, giving him mm -hmm. all of this time to sit in the lab and focus on a coach that he has worked with many a years and many times before, and that's Matt LaFleur and what they've got going on and Joe Barry's defense, which Kyle Shanahan has seen a million times in his life, dating back to when those guys overlapped in Tampa and Washington mm -hmm. and wherever else. I just think this Packers team, so fun, so young, has such a bright future. This was not the hand that they wanted to be dealt. I think Kyle Shanahan mm. with a ton of time and that offense, healthy and rested, is just too much. And I think they are going to put on mm. a show on Saturday night on national television. I've got the 49ers as well. Mm -hmm. When you start listing all those young players and the Packers, and we've spent a lot of time talking about the Bo Meltons of the world and mm -hmm. those guys. When you list the names, I hear Ali Farouk Manesh, Bryce Drew, Kevin Pitsnoggle. I hear these March Madness darlings mm. where these people, the Wichita State Shockers, like, do come out of nowhere. And, like, they have all the makings of that. And they have a really confident, charismatic head coach. And I feel like last week it was like, well, my bracket is busted. The Packers win. There yep. goes and tear yep. it up, yep. tear it up, tear it up. Those teams usually end up running into, like, Kentucky or Michigan State or Kansas or just one of those factories and it doesn't typically go well. I think the Packers are running into one of the factories this weekend. I love what they've done. I love the future. Peter, you said it last week, I think. feels like they're a year away. Now, you were wrong about the wild card round. I will double down on that now. It feels mm. like they're a year away. And I think that the Lions and the Packers are going to do battle for years to come over in that NFC North. But the one seeds are the one seeds. This is Duke. This is Kansas. This is Michigan State. This is Kentucky. I like the Niners. I like the Niners by 13 points. Mm. Oh, you always like to stick the landing on the points. You put yourself out even further. Yeah. Even further on the 
end of the diary board. The Packers have had a great season. Their team is fun. Their coach is figuring out this group with this set of players, and that's great. We feel some things about destiny, maybe on the AFC side of things, that the Bills might deserve their shine, whatever. The Packers, I hear you, it's just not this year. It's, it's the 49ers for me. It's been the 49ers for me. They are my Super Bowl pick from August. They are to be in it. They are to win it, if you ask me. So I, too, go with the San Francisco 49ers. And that defense, you could also list off and have just of an impressive resume mm-hmm. if you just go name after name after name after name on this defense. I would look out if I was the Packers. Now, how fortunately, a quick sidebar to this, mm. that the Packers social media team called GMFB out last mm-hmm. weekend when we went stars across the bottom. So I'll say it here. The four 49ers logos on the bottom of the screen makes me uncomfortable because mm-hmm. that kind of got me some juice back. Lean so, into it. Yeah, it. Packers. We went viral, guys. Congratulations right yeah. there across the bottom. All right, let's head to Detroit. Maybe the Niners social media team picks us up. Yeah, maybe. Come on. Yeah, let's exactly. go, guys. Get in the game. Um, get in there, man. Cowboys were pretty quiet after we paid made those picks. They should have been like, no, but those are... No. Yeah, they, they had our backs, <laughs> yeah, Peter. No. Let's go to Detroit where the three-seed Lions are hosting the four-seed Buccaneers. Mm. Jason, how much time did you spend on this game? This one was tough. And you know, last week we were going over the Buccaneers and the Eagles game and I said that the Buccaneers was going to win that game by 14 points and I felt confident in that pick and last night I sat down with my son and we were going through all the games and we were going through our picks and this was the only game that we didn't see eye to eye. This is such a fun matchup for all the reasons that we've talked about all week long. We've talked about the two quarterbacks. Uh, I've talked so much on this show about Antoine Winfield Jr. and the way that he's playing. You saw that Tampa Bay secondary shut down the Eagles last week. We watched the Lions in the first half give up a ton of yards to the Rams but then kind of dialed it in later on to finish out that game strong. Both quarterbacks in this game, I feel like, can get the ball outside and can make plays. I just feel like the Detroit Lions, they have so much. I look at Amon Ross St. Brown, I look at Jameer Gibbs, I look at Montgomery in the backfield, and Jameson Williams when he has a big play deep down the field. They have so much going for them on the offensive side of the ball. And I think Jared Goff, I think he steps up. It was such an emotional win last week. I think the challenge for them was going to be throughout the course of this week was moving on and getting past. I think they'll do that. I think they're going to show up. I think they're going to be ready to play. I think this is going to be a nail biter. I said, I think this is the most competitive game yeah. of the weekend. I have the Lions just squealing it out at the well, end. Give me a score. What do you think? I'll say score-wise, I'll go 28-25. to 25. That's an amazing it's game. It's a great game. Yeah. Sign yeah. up for that, Sim. Sign up for that. Yo, I think there's a misperception out there about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a lot of talk of them being like this young upstart team that's like this wild story that they're getting to where they are in the final eight. And yet you look at this roster and yes, there's Kalaja Kansi, a rookie, and Yaya Diaby and Trey Palmer and these guys who you might not be... Levante David, Devin White, Vita Vea, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. This is the heart and soul of a Super Bowl team that has hoisted Lombardi's and done a boat parade. So the thought that they're going to go into Detroit and suddenly be be just just too much, there's too much gla- glimmer, glamour, and oh my God, Detroit. The lights are too bright. The lights are too bright. We're going to yeah, collapse yeah. because... It's loud. Look, it's loud. <laughs> this is a team that went on the road into Lambeau Field and beat Aaron Rodgers. And, and most of those defensive guys... True. Winfield and Jamel Dean mm. and our guy Carlton, they, they all were on the field that day. Peter, Lions fans are very excited. This Lions thing is a great story, <laughs> but don't tell me that Tampa Bay is some wide-eyed team that's okay. never been in the bright lights. Oh, here it goes. Is there a butt? What are you doing? There is a story, though, in Detroit. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I bought in. It's yeah. like, 
And, you know, the first time they played, Detroit took care of the creamsicle buccaneers in Tampa and kind of was like, all right, Tampa was riding high and Detroit gave them a reality check. And that was without Jameer Gibbs on the field. That was without C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That was without Brian Branch. That was without Jonah Jackson. It was without so many players. And now Detroit comes in at home with that crowd. And if you thought it was cool seeing Big Sean and Eminem and Calvin Johnson, they'll all be out there again. This has become an event. I have some friends in my life who are Lions fans who live out on the West Coast. They're flying in for it. I've got friends who live in the South. They're flying in for it. This feels like the biggest Lions football game in maybe 50 years. Like, Because I think there's real hope that this team can go even the, the further distance and go even longer. I don't think the dream ends here. I love this game. I cannot wait for it. I think it's close to, I'm saying 31-23. I'm going to go Detroit Lions as well. Bob Seger going to be there? Bob Seger. And the Silver Bullet Band? Fan of the show. Love Bob Seger. Tweeted our show. So, Bob. Bob, I genuinely love you. I listen to your music a lot. Oh my like God. a rock. Come on, let's go. Still the same. <laughs> um, where was I going with this? I like. I think it's funny you keep saying, like, Detroit fans, this, like, I have so many Detroit fans texting me. I didn't even know where they were in my life. Like, you know why? It's because, like, I think those people will text anybody now. They're just texting all night. Like, we're talking Lions. Picking random I haven't heard from you in years, but, like, hey, man, what do you think of the game this week? Again, I haven't heard from them since I started working on this show about the Lions constantly getting lit up by Lions fans. They all share one concern, and I keep coming back to this too. I'm concerned, and this is into the weeds, I'm concerned about the Lions secondary, all right? Mm. Puka Nakua had about 300 yards. He's a rookie wide receiver. You look at how Tampa is built with their receivers. Big Mike Evans had a couple uncharacteristic drops last week. I think he'll be really motivated by that, motivated by that. And everyone across the board, like they have great proven made guys who are Super Bowl champs at wide out and Baker's chucking it. However, I have a heart versus a head debate going on right here. The heart is Tampa. The head is Detroit. Tampa was really struggling at the end of the year, all right? I think we're going to find out this weekend that the Eagles are one of the worst teams in football. You, you follow me there? They destroyed the Eagles. I think the Eagles are terrible. I think they might have lost to the Panthers last weekend. The Panthers, by the way, who only lost 9 to nothing in Week 18 to the Buccaneers. The week before that, the Buccaneers lost by double digits to the Saints. They were playing poorly, had a nice playoff game. It's been an awesome run where it almost palpably feels like they're overachieving. Like, they're, they look great every year. You're like, is this, can this really keep up? Whereas Detroit, you're like... Perfectly built, powerful, the veteran quarterbacks not making mistakes in the big moments, and the home atmosphere. I think it's also going to be really close. I think this game is a field goal. I think it's 31-28 to Detroit. Mm. I think Detroit wins at home. Detroit's going to the NFC title game against the San Francisco 49ers. We already picked that game. Love what Tampa's done. It's looked at as a raving success this mm-hmm. season. Amazingly successful season. I think Detroit's continues. Your score again, 34? 31-28. 31-28. Okay. Lions fans are drunk right now. Like the perfect kind of drunk. You know what I mean? Like you, you, there, there's a cliff that you can go off of, and it's probably like three cocktails or beers later. But like right now, you are just humming and buzzing. You're happy. I married into a full-blown Michigan family. Not like University of, sure, there's some of those, but like Kalamazoo, Michigan, born and bred. Like I went to a wedding with this side of the family in December. Those people are high on life right mm. now. Michigan football's fine, and congratulations to them. Wolverines, rah, rah. But like the palpable joy of the Lions fan right now, if you were not born and raised in it, and me being born and raised in Minnesota, to watch Lions fans feel the things that they are feeling right now, I'm just so thrilled for them. This side of the family, though, they, they are they are on a cliff right now. They are edging their toes emotionally closer mm-hmm. to just free falling and just being gleefully flying to Las Vegas and representing themselves in the most epic way possible. <laughs> I don't think this story finishes here. I think they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are going four lines across the bottom of the screen mm. now. I go 37-34. I think this is going to be an electric shootout. shootout. I think Buck 
Bucks surge at the end of the game, but I think that 37 gets established, and I think the Lions uh, run away okay. with it as a pack. And then it's going to be the perfect drunk as you head into yeah. San Francisco. You had me nervous for a second, like with the free fall, and are we going off a cliff, no. or are we flying to no. Vegas? Like, I, I, yeah. To flying you know, to it does it kind of when you're all buzzed up, it doesn't really matter. It all feels the same. Before That's Vegas, they might have to go to the Bay. You know, like they got they got a lot of business this year. I'll say this: Napa. Baker Mayfield yeah. still is very friendly with a lot of those Rams players, and he had a press availability on Wednesday. Uh-huh. And he said he spoke with a lot of those Rams guys, and the Rams guys told him that was the loudest building they had ever played in. Really? So get cool. ready. I think Detroit's going to be rocking on Sunday, and I think if this is the outcome, they'll all be going to Santa Clara next week. Yes. Wow. It was yep. louder than the visiting fans in the Rams stadium when yeah. they play? Ooh, interesting. <laughs> Still to come on our show, like we said, we're picking AFC, and Buffalo's got another snow game on the way. This time, it's against the Chiefs. Bill's tight end, Dawson Knox. Yeah. Knox later, PV the matchup. Dawson Knox, ah, look, they wrote it. <laughs> Does anybody else like just hate their picks already? It's not that I hate them. It's like God, all the teams are so good at this yeah. point. Yeah, they're all so good. I refuse to root against the Packers. Too. I know. I love that young team. I know. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.